0: One, two, three, four, and we're good to go like normal.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Stadio podcast, the first ever quarantined, (laughs) self-isolated, the first ever self-isolated podcast. I'm Musa Konga. I'm Ryan Hunt. Ryan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm all right, man. How are you? I am broadcasting from an undisclosed location. The East Berlin. (laughs) Moose's Cake Shop. Oh no, they closed it down. Well, damn right, yeah. Everything's been closed down. No, it's not damn right. They've closed down the cupcake place.
0: Oh no, you're going to have to, as well as self-isolating, you're going to have to self-bake.
1: I went in in specifically to check. I was like, (laughs) will you be open during this? They're like, oh, we'll be doing deliveries. We should be open. And they got a message today saying like, no, we're actually closing. Wow. I mean, it's probably for the best, right? It is for the best. Um, the staff are really amazing. And to be honest, if you're working there, you're working, there's so many surfaces. obviously, you work in a place like that. You're baking, um, it's hot, it's stressful. There's so many customers coming in and out that, that the risk of infection in a place like that, specifically a place like that, must be quite high. So I'm glad they've closed it actually. Yeah,
0: it's really weird. I Well, we were recording this on Monday morning in Berlin. I had a uh, my last doctor's appointment for a week they told me I don't have to go back until next week because that was the only thing I was having to trek out the house for because of my minor procedure on my ear or behind my ear I had to go to the doctors or a hospital basically every day or every two days for the last 10 days mm. it was like going into the
1: eye of the storm yeah, it's wild. It's wild. They call those things vectors for infection, aren't they? Like,
0: I know. So at least if I've got anything now, I actually can stay at home. But it was cool because one of the places I could just walk, so it wasn't too...
1: Yeah, that's too really bad. good. I mean, not to make light of this situation because we're all, like, indoors now, and it's really interesting because I've got a good friend of mine, Alessio, who plays for our football team, the Unicorns, and he sent a message from Italy just saying, dude, like, mm. it's wild. Like, please, please, like, get indoors. He He, he was, like, so... Alessio is like a really cool dude, and he actually sent a really powerful message on WhatsApp, and I shared it on Twitter because I was like, I feel it was written so powerfully and honestly and so clearly that anyone that read it would be like, "Hey, something's up." You know how like people like to joke stuff off or get, you know, not not in a negative way. People joke stuff away in order to make themselves feel comfortable with an emerging situation, like a, kind of like a gallows humor. Yeah, he was like, "Guys, I get it, but if if he was almost like if you joking." Means you minimise the threat and you end up going out as a result. Despite this, he was like, "That is absolutely wrong. This thing is brutal."
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very happy to
1: stay at home for a while. What did you do on the weekend, by the way? Because obviously there wasn't a huge amount of football. Oh my god, what did you watch? No, I made a new meal. I went shopping, so I've got my supplies for the place, and I made smoked salmon in a a chili cream sauce.
0: Oh hi, Musa.
1: Yeah. Hello. Levels. 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 <laughs> did you watch anything? Sopranos. Are you, well, you start Sopranos again? Uh, well, no. What I do is I basically go and there's a couple of channels I find which just have like individual scenes that I absolutely love. So I just go through because I just love watching the acting. Okay. So I'll go and watch a particular character. I might go and watch Phil Leotardo's arc. I might watch um, Tony Blondetto played by Steve Buscemi, Or I might just watch Gandolfini's best stuff. And I just go and the thing about The Sopranos is so amazing. It feels like documentary, mm-hmm. it almost feels like found footage. It's not, it's, it's sort of found FBI or CIA footage. It doesn't feel like acting. It's wild. Mm. Um, yeah. How about yourself?
0: I, uh, I didn't watch any sport apart from, I went back and watched the Golden State Warriors OKC game from 2016. Oh. Where Steph gets 46 points and breaks his own record for threes within a single season and threes within a game. And it was the one where he shot that overtime
1: oh three I mean, where
0: mike breen did the double bank call
1: 121 118 yeah yes yes that that is an astonishing game
0: yeah it's one of my favorite ever games of M- uh, like favorite ever nba games this is and an astonishing it's so good it's got one of the best bits of commentary of all time on there as well mike breen's double bank call it's so good go and check it out it's on youtube so
1: i watched a lot of nba stuff actually just highlights and clips i normally do i also watched well i a friend of mine basically can't do shout out to amy kittelstrom Amy's based out in California and she can't coach her kids team for the next three weeks because of this whole thing. Yeah, And so she said, can you find any classic games for me online? I went and found Absolute Gems. I found AC Milan Barcelona, which is pretty easy. Yeah. But I also found AC Milan Real Madrid 5-0, the semifinal. Oh, wow. Which is an absolute beauty. And the, the way I found it was, if you type in partita completa you find it with the Italian commentary. So if you type in the names of like big matches and type in Partito Completa on YouTube, you find all these games. And like, and of course it sounds better. Also, I was watching Red Star Belgrade by Munich second leg. Oh God. Amazing. I reckon that's in one of your top five all-time games. Well, because you just, you know what it is? You see like, it's weird because you have the back pass rule, but the game is still a really high tempo. Yeah. And then you have like Brian Laudrup Playing like as number eleven, which is really interesting. That's kind of the intrigue there. Thirsty Brian Loudrop. Effenberg, and this thing, the whole concept of like dropping deep between the centre backs, you watch these games and you're like, this has been done since time immemorial. Like it's amazing how deep Effenberg drops. He's between he's like a he's like a centre back. He's a he's like a sweeper. Yeah. Bringing it out. And like just things like his there's a moment he gets Effenberg, the ball gets punted clear. He brings it down with a perfect first touch. And then just flicks it like the outside of his right foot back to the centre back, you know, going. Oh my God, it's so casual. Like we forget just how wildly good Effenberg was. Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: All right, before we move on, a little bit of admin. And yeah. Just because of quarantine doesn't mean we can't do some admin people. That's true. So obviously the five to follow is on hold from FOTMob. We're going to see what we can do for them in the meantime. But I would say if you haven't downloaded the FOTMob app, go and get it because it has been really good for the breaking news and the situation like the back end of last week when everything was coming at a million miles an hour it was really great because you can have news alerts on there and it can keep you up to date with the various situations. So although there's not a huge amount of games on at the moment, I would still recommend downloading the app.
1: Well, it was funny because someone was watching the Russian and Turkish leagues and they were like, oh my God, clinging to football. I was like, you know what, lads? By all means, watch it if you're feeling it, but if it's gone, it's gone. It's good. It's okay.
0: Well, I tried to watch Galatasaray Besiktas and I ended up switching it off because it was played behind closed doors. For me, it's really hard to watch football. Actually, maybe we can use this to move on. But before we before we do get on another bit of admin. Obviously, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review because in the times of quarantine, doesn't mean our podcast can't still grow. Exactly. You can help
1: it grow. You're trapped in here with us. <laughs> exactly. You're trapped. <laughs>
0: Let's move on then. So last week, well, we did a podcast on Thursday. Yeah. And Friday felt like an entire week within a day. Yeah. Everything got
1: shut down bit by bit. And the world has changed. It really has, huh? It has. And you can feel it. Like, it, I actually was writing something for the Stadio website. Um, I'll see if it's good enough to put up. But it was really just around I wanted to capture the moment of how it felt last night when I walked down the street early in the day and most of the vehicles, well, not most of the vehicles, it's not true. When I walked in the morning, a significant proportion of the vehicles I saw on my street were emergency ones. There were those patrolling the patrolling ambulances that go around basically yeah. periodically, but there were like a significantly higher number of those going around. There were policemen on the corner and I, I live like on the corner near a massive police station, but you don't often see them patrolling in the area they normally get on drive. I saw them patrolling up and down like it hadn't been before. And I was like, this is different. Like the city has a stillness about it. There was more anxiety when I was in the stores. And the thing is now, and I was sort of saying this piece I'm writing, what coronavirus has taken away in... One fell swoop is it's taken away distraction and it's taken away contact, which are the two things essential to everyday and city life. We need to be distracted from the everyday because often it's mundane or it's grim. And we need contact because we're a city and that's what we do. We're in contact. We date, we fall in, we fall out. Like, you know, that's what we do. And to have a city, especially a city like Berlin, devoid of those two things from Friday onwards felt really eerie. Yeah, so the latest situation
0: in Berlin is that bars, clubs are shut. Restaurants will be allowed to stay open, but they have to have a 1.5 meter distance between tables. And a lot of people have been told to work from home. And obviously, people are really pushing social distance in here. Now, I think we're not going to go too much into the the nitty gritty of the coronavirus stuff because we are not experts. We're just some guys who do a podcast. But I think there's been a spike in the amount of German cases. But I do believe that a lot of that is down to a much higher rate of testing that there has been in a number of other countries yeah but let's go into it from a football sense because it was obviously the right thing to do yes and the premier league were the last people i think the bundesliga had already agreed to play games behind closed doors and then they were going to suspend the league from this tuesday they decided then to suspend the league friday so all the games that were due to go over the weekend. Now, I think that was mainly down to, I think Paderborn were due to play on Friday night. Stefan Baumgart, the Paderborn coach, was tested for coronavirus on Friday. Came back negative, but the Paderborn player tested positive. But this was after the Bundesliga had already made the call. Yeah. Now, the thing that I think about this is that, like I mentioned before, watching the Galatasaray-Baschictus game, it's just not the same sport. It's not. and And, and there is no point to it, I don't think. We spoke about it before how that elite level football would one day have some kind of reckoning. And that sounds quite extreme in terms of language, but I think that the thing that COVID 19, to use its proper name, has demonstrated is that this is the first time I can remember in my lifetime where top level football hasn't escaped the realities of the rest of the world. It flew through the financial crash on the whole unscathed yep. and actually got richer. Yeah. It feels like it was immune no pun intended to a lot of the things that were going on in the world.
1: Yeah. I think that what will happen is I think that this pandemic has exposed structural flaws in society you know, it's really shown people, why aren't there resources for that? Why are we taking this so seriously? What was really amazing? Some of the interviews I saw, like, you know, you sent me the Nigel Pearson interview about Watford playing. I thought, my goodness, football managers are showing more leadership than like our own prime minister. Yeah, The Chesterfield manager, John Pemberton, gave an incredible interview talking about the foolishness of playing these games really at all. You know, he said, playing them without, you know, behind closed doors without fans, what's the point? We do this for the fans. And also, Players will get it anyway. So why should players have to risk their health? This is bigger than football. He was like, what's football? And I was like, we don't get that question often enough. What is football? It doesn't matter. And this is what people like me have been trying to scream for so long, and yourself as well. Like, when you have the Olympics going on, uh, awarded to Russia, a time when Russia is involved in Syria and doing the things it's doing. And this is my own political view, and people can disagree with me. But to me- The World Cup, you mean? But sorry, Sochi as well. We had Sochi, right? So it started with Uh Sochi. It started with Sochi. Putin was doing what he was doing in Syria and he had the Olympics and then we have the World Cup in Russia. And the whole time it was like, oh no, football and politics are separate. And I'm like, well, no, no. What you mean is you can ignore politics because of football, but you can't ignore reality too long. And this COVID-19 has shown us you can't ignore reality. What's been really encouraging is watching people at all levels of football, not just John Pemberton, not just Nigel Pearson, but also the moneymakers in the Premier League, right? Because if anyone had told you two years ago, oh, the Premier League in the event of a pandemic will cancel its games before the Bundesliga, you'd be like, no. I would have been like, no way. The Premier League, it will find any way to just keep generating that income. And the fact it said, no, this is actually not acceptable. And I think that the, I think that the fact that Arteta, Mikhail Arteta um, contracted coronavirus and that was, or tested positive coronavirus, I think that was the kind of the tipping point. Yeah, I mean,
0: this was the thing that happened throughout a lot of the leagues last week. You know, Rudy Gobert testing positive m- moments before the Jazz were due to tip off against the Thunder in the NBA. Even though he wasn't in the re- the arena, yeah, the crowd were there; they were ready to go. That caused the shutdown of the NBA again. Going back to the point that I was making before, where I think elite level sports sometimes thinks, and I do think that football falls foul of this a little more than most sports. Actually, is that they do think they're immune. And then as soon as, as soon as you have a top-level manager in the Premier League testing positive for the virus, that triggers the shutdown as opposed to... You know when they made the statement earlier in the week as to why they weren't going to suspend the league? It felt to me like they were passing the buck onto the government there. Yeah. And that felt very Premier League to me. And I know they're different sports and they're, they're dealing with different conditions, but you look at the reaction and the action of the NBA. I think they really led by example. They were the first major US sport to shut
1: down. Well, the NBA are the gold standard. I mean, they have their mistakes, they have their challenges, they don't do everything perfectly, but I think in terms of leagues, they are just still the gold standard. They're far and ahead. Like, I couldn't imagine the NFL shutting down as fast as that. I just couldn't imagine that. Mm. And the thing is, you look at like how far ahead the NBA is of American society, and the American government, the fact that people are still out freely assembling, you know, there was a concert or some event at Disney yesterday, and the place was packed out. Like, I think the NBA really set the tone in a really powerful way. And, you know, execs from different leagues, they talk. You know, these, these major league execs, they all, the baseball, whatever, they're all friends. They all know each other. It's sport, sport commercial industry. So I think that the tone was set so well. And also, can I say this as well? Shout out to the Premier League for actually making that step. Yeah. Here's a plot twist. You've heard this anyway. So Dietmar Hopp, as it turns out, is an 80% shareholder in the company, the German company that's been developing a vaccine or trying to have a vaccine for coronavirus. And Donald Trump was trying to buy this vaccine exclusively because he wants to get re-elected, was saying, develop this vaccine and give it exclusively to the US, no one but the US, which is of course perverse and will lead to thousands of deaths worldwide, if not many more. And Dietmar Hopp said, no. Now he was commercially self-interested. He tripled his investment, yes. But the point remains that Dietmar Hopp said no. And he could have said yes, because actually he could have got a hell of a lot more money from the American government, I'm pretty sure, because Trump would throw anything at re-election possibility. So I got to say, shout out to Dietmar Hop for that, because that was, um, that was responsible investment.
0: Yeah, the company's called CureVac and it's also co-funded by Bill and Melinda Gates.
1: Ah, so they came good. They came good. i got to respect them for that.
0: I was talking to my mum about this, actually. Hi mum. I don't think she listens, but hi mum. There have been a number of situations that I've been really encouraged by in terms of people's behaviour already. Yeah. There's obviously been a number of examples where people haven't really fixed up, but So we're kind of meandering a little bit, so apologies people, but outside of football, on a more global scale, the world has been moving at such a pace for so long. With the rise of nationalism and kind of suspicion of others that has rocketed in the last decade, I do feel that this has made people stop. Well, it literally has made people stop, but I think also mentally stop and think, was it all worth it? Or is it all worth it?
1: I think that's completely Uh, true. Yeah.
0: And that actually something like this highlights to those who have maybe not previously expressed such beliefs, but it highlights that everyone is the same. I mean, we know this. It doesn't care for borders, it doesn't care for class or wealth or race or sexuality
1: or gender. Well, yeah, because you can't indulge yourself. Look, if you're wealthy, right, you can't go out and enjoy the opera. You can't go out and enjoy the private member's company. They're closed. Yeah. You can't use all the things you've accumulated, right? What are you left with? You're left with the same things as everyone else. You're left with WhatsApp, Skype, conversation, intimacy, what matters. Like I, I got a phone call the other day from a relative. I hadn't had a long conversation with in a while. We talked for longer than we've spoken in years. We spoke yeah. for 40 minutes on the phone, out of nowhere. I'm really concerned about the government guidance on this. I'm really worried about this and that. We spoke for 40 minutes and I'm like, oh my God, that it took a pandemic. It took a pandemic for me to fill my fridge properly. Everyone was like panic shopping. I went shopping and I've actually got a proper two weeks shopping in my fridge for the first time in two years. Like I've been running at a ridiculous pace and that's not even, that's me stripping this conversation back to past nationalism, past, but just on a human level and how good people are being to themselves Mm. and take the conversation up again to nationalism, to all this stuff, the far right. We haven't heard a peep from them because they've got nothing to say. They've got no answers because their whole strategy and policy is based on hate and division. It's not based on healing and health and togetherness in the community. And they've been exposed. It's like, not now, guys. Thank you. Because the adults are in the room. People, look, here's the thing. If someone says to me, if someone in my my apartment block votes AFD and hates foreigners, but they are not able-bodied, they need me to fetch some couscous from the corner, I'll fetch the damn couscous. I don't care. And this has always been the point. I've always said this. It's not about who hates me or whatever, I'm here to help and serve everyone. The frustration I always have with politics and this thing is, we are here to try and help everyone. I don't want that vaccine to be denied to people because they don't believe political things, same things as me or whatever. And I think people are finally getting the point, oh, there are a lot of people out in the world that don't want people to suffer, that want people, no matter what they believe, to have comfortable, safe lives. And I feel like, I mean, This is a bit of an anecdotal example, but on my phone the other day, on my telegram, I was added to a group. It's now almost 2,000 strong and the group is just full of people around Berlin who want to help. Mm. So like if you need a delivery, if you're not able-bodied, if you've got childcare issues, basically this group is of 2,000 people that can mobilise and help. And I'm like, that's the Berlin that I moved to. That's the society that I fight for. And I think that this pandemic has exposed some of the bad, but actually so much of the good. And can I also say, I will not apologise for meandering because that's why I get the big bucks. (laughs) And
0: also, you don't have to edit. That's why you don't give a shit about meandering. (laughs) Let's take a break and then we'll do some questions. All right, we're back from the break. Before we do questions, you wanted to, what do you want? To, what do you want?
1: Some admin. I'm wearing the Kano Hoodies All Summer Tour Hoodie, which is sent to me by the Kano Management Team. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kano. Wow. Yeah, listen.
0: So you're saying it's no longer Rolex season? Listen, Hoodies All Summer. Has coronavirus ended Rolex season? In quarantine, listen. In love and war. All is fair where I'm from. I'm wearing a Stadio t shirt and a Wren quarterly cap. Levels, levels to shit. That says,
1: just trying to get paid to talk hoops with my friends. Oh, awesome. It's quality. You do look a bit F1 Driver with that cap on. It's cool. It looks a bit F1 Driver though. Oh, actually, I
0: watched the uh, F1 thing on Netflix over the weekend. It's really good. Documentary? Yeah, there's two seasons. It's really, really interesting.
1: I used to be obsessed with F1.
0: Yeah, well, basically my granddad is a big F1 fan. So I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid with him. Yeah, yeah. And I got back into it a lot in the last few years because he's, you know, getting old and getting a bit forgetful but he still watches f1 religiously every week so it's a really good topic for us to have common ground on so i call him and we talk about the races
1: it's funny because there's always the sad thing with sport is it becomes an age where you just can't follow all of it and f1's one of those that had to drop off for me along with cricket and tennis you know there were just some sports i was into really deeply but it was a shame it's it was sad to let f1 go actually because i really loved it Mm. all right we've got let's go to
0: questions right one from jennifer neal shouts to jennifer hey jen which footballer would you most like to self-isolate with during the corona collapse?
1: Oh my God. That's very interesting. Wow. Living footballer. Well, yeah, I imagine. Because otherwise you won't be able to self-isolate with them. James Milner. Wow. Simply because, probably good around the house, would take care of himself because, you know, you need to go for a jog, like fitness and stuff. He'd be probably quite good at doing home training. He's had a couple of injuries. Long career. Really funny. Dry sense of humour. Unassuming could basically like look after himself and just like, if he wanted to chat, you could talk to him about stuff. We'd have really good dry banter, probably really good at games like pool, table tennis, like indoor sports and stuff. And like an underrated funny guy who would just like not cramp your style and you wouldn't cramp his, I think. And also probably slyly like an, under, I reckon he's a dark horse, really good cook. I reckon he's really good at stuff that like he doesn't talk about. And you're like, Oh, James, you're good at that. He goes, yeah, isn't everyone?
0: Did you see him rationing out Yorkshire tea bags?
1: <laughs> I didn't. I t- but yeah, I, I think he's slyly really. I think he'd be a really good housemate. Yeah, so yeah. James Milner. I'm
0: going for the least surprising answer of all time. Hector Bellerin. Oh my god, you'd have so much fun. He's someone who I think we could, yeah I could hang out with for a while.
1: No, you wouldn't. You know what happened with him? You'd end up doing a boiler room together. We would. Yeah. <laughs> you set up. You up. <laughs> see, I don't have any production skills like that. You you kill it. You and Hector Bellerin were set up the coolest spoiler room and you'd be like, you'd be really cool about it. I know what you'd do. You'd be like, you'd be really funny knowing what you'd do. You'd basically be like, okay, Hector, here's what we're going to do. You'd have a social media strategy and you would drop like animatic hints on stories for like a couple of days. <laughs> and then you'd have this really cool, you'd set up like one room as a studio. You'd have like a broadcast and a podcast. You, it would be, it would be so, so sick. Oh, my God. You can imagine, you know, you would do that. You know, you would do that. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably. So cool, so cool. And then you'd have you'd have like a Bamyang on FaceTime, but you'd use the access of like Bellerin and all his mates because you know he's got the coolest mates, not just in football, but in the NBA as well. You get like Giannis on FaceTime. Oh my God.
0: Yeah, me and Hector, quarantine, boiler room.
1: It would be like Stadio Infinity War. It'd be like when Tony Stark gets new armour. You'd, you'd upgrade the Stadio.
0: <laughs> all right, we've got one from Spencer on Twitter. You guys always have the best metaphors for footballers. Cheers, Spencer. Oh, Style of play, a performance, etc. said, what are your favourite comparisons slash metaphors you've ever heard regarding football? Oh my
1: goodness. Do you know what's funny? That's a really good question. I can't think of a... The best at using metaphor in football was Hugh McIlvani. Mm. Uh, and then I would say Eduardo Galeano, Soccer in Sun and Shadow. That entire book is just a kind of meditation. Galeano and McElvaney were the two most beautiful prose stylists. I would also say Marcella um, I don't have pronounce it properly. Marcella writes for The Guardian and does a lot of film festival work as well. Those are the three finest prose stylists working in football. And then I think followed by, I think, Daniel Alacon, who's a Peruvian novelist, but does a bit of football writing now and again. But those top three, I would say, if you want to find the best metaphors in football, those are your top three, I would say.
0: One of my favourites is still something that we reference a lot, and it's Sid Lowe's The Curse of El Pupas. Oh my goodness. From The Guardian, what, 15 years ago? Is it
1: 2005, I think? Yeah.
0: The first line of the piece is, Atleti are a joke. (laughs) And it's the, was it Atleti have had more forced dawns than Trudeman Burbank?
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. Atleti are (laughs) a joke. And not even a particularly funny one. Yeah. And it was the
0: one where it said, everything repeats itself in the press conference before saying a few minutes later, everything repeats
1: itself. <laughs> yes. Carlos Bianchi. Yeah. Amazing. Honestly, one of the greatest pieces of football writing I've ever read. Yeah, it really is. It's a gold standard. I return to yeah. I return to that Sidlow piece on Atleti so often. And it's funny because Atleti kind of put the curse to bed with the yeah. defeat of Liverpool. No matter what happens. I mean, it was weird. I said this before, that would have been a fitting final game Mm. for this tournament, given what was going into it, the context, the fact that Atleti are playing the best team in Europe in the world, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we had a number of questions from people about how do you think the season's going to go? What do you think should happen? Basically, none of us know. Yeah. I mean, you saw how quickly it moved last week. Yeah. Personally, I'm of the opinion that if you can finish the season, you should. Yes. However there will have to be a lot of maneuvering on things from a legal standpoint because contracts are up at the end of June. So if you go past June, can the players still play for those clubs, et cetera, et cetera. There is so much that we don't know yet which will shape how this plays out that I think personally you and I I think that we should probably wait because I do feel that within the next couple of weeks, there will be more information and then we can actually talk about it properly. But one thing we did have a question from before you move on quickly was from Sancho Panza uh, at Rob the Analyst on Twitter said, what do you guys think of Karen Brady's comments on declaring the season void? Basically, I just think that's a self-serving thing because then West Ham would stay up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's
1: it's no deeper than that No it's not and it doesn't deserve any further analysis no. no No disrespect to the question it was a great question just that her suggestion deserves no further analysis I mean just to quickly he
0: followed up with if there are no more games and this could affect all major European leagues do we not just count things from now or are there alternative options people haven't mentioned yet the reason I brought this up was because it was kind of going into what we were saying before I think if you lot are all right with that, listeners, I think we should probably wait until we have a little bit more information because otherwise we're just wasting your time. And it's
1: Although I know I'm, being, I'm being really, actually, I'm, I slightly disagree with you there. I think Liverpool should be awarded the league, actually. I think it's a bit of an anomaly because they are so far ahead. That's the only reason, I think, because yeah. I think if you basically, it's almost like a beyond reasonable doubt. Liverpool was so good that even a kind of a pandemic could not rule out that. Like it wasn't like it was a sort of a title race, Arsenal, United, like the old days, or like L- Liverpool were just so far ahead of the field. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I think everybody else in the Premier League could almost have a bit of a reset. I, I don't know. That's my opinion. Listen, I don't want to get too much into it. I already have to an extent. Yeah. I mean, but-
0: Paul, Paul Barber came out, the chief executive of Brighton, and he said that he believes that they should be awarded it because they are so far ahead. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's sport and it should be played out to the end in a way, but I think that. <sighs> This is such an unreal situation. I mean, I would personally be okay as an Arsenal fan with Liverpool being awarded the title this season. However, it then raises questions of if you award them the title, you can see people using that argument for them people going down or people coming up from other leagues, even though the margins are way smaller and tighter. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's going to be really, really interesting that's just my personal opinion i have i personally have no problem with liverpool being awarded the title however i can see ha- i can basically i can see the shitstorm that that would kick off
1: i think the lawyers have already started racking up the hours
0: does this not go back to what we were saying about how maybe people need to check themselves a bit in this scenario yes they do i mean even even jürgen klopp came out and and he's a smart dude but he's also an empathetic dude
1: yeah and that, look, and you know what i, I love what klopp said yeah, he's a smart dude, but he also he calmed down since Wednesday. Yeah, you see him immediately after the Champions League game. And we just we said this like Klopp was a bit salty about the Atleti thing, but we know why that was because he saw it coming. But yeah, but he calmed down because he sees the big picture. And I said this before, like when it really matters, Klopp is wonderful. And I actually just wish that um more. I know the jobs is hard. The jobs of political leaders are harder, but I wish that political leaders played their position as well as. Regular citizens have played theirs. You know, if I look at the leadership, the quality of the leadership I've seen from my local football club, and them going, we're gonna self, we're we're gonna socially distance, we're going to not hang out on Thursday, Friday night, even though we all want to see each other and hang out and like just chat shit like we normally do. I've seen more leadership on a local level from my friends than I've seen from political leaders, Mm -hmm. and more leadership from Klopp than I've seen from political leaders. I just wish that at the top of the food chain, the adults were as adult as the ones further down. All right, this was a good question from
0: Tariq Amir on Twitter. Isn't it ironic that Jose's season has been rescued by a virus?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. For, th- for those who don't know the context, when Jose Mourinho was at Manchester United, he was reported to having said that Paul Pogba was like a vi- His effect on the dressing room was that of a, like that of a virus. So to have a virus effectively ending Spurs' season when they were out for the count in both the Champions League and the Premier League is extremely ironic. And I think that, as I said this at the time, this is perhaps the podcast question of the century.
0: Uh, yeah, it was very, very good.
1: Amazing. The kind of question that's so good that it just doesn't have an answer, not because it's not, it's just, it's just so brilliant it answers itself. All right, let's have a question from Kunle Ajayo on Twitter. Having drawn comparisons
0: and then he said facts over Diego, Simeone and Bain, wouldn't he be absolutely perfect for Leeds United?
1: I don't think he would be actually. weird. You'd know why? Because the club does not need a scare. I think any club that he arrives in needs a scare and a resurrection. And so Bielsa revived Leeds, right? Simeone is a revival man. So actually, no, let me think about this logically. He's not right for Leeds.
0: I don't think he's... I don't think... Right, listen, listen, listen. Bielsa at Leeds. Let's keep it there. I agree.
1: Also, one other thing, can I throw in as well? Because that's Kunen. Kunen loves talking about catfish. He does. There's a very strong argument that the frontrunner for the Stadio 2020 Catfish of the Year... The entire football season <laughs> <laughs> because if you consider the expectations we had for football in 2020, that there would actually be more football, and there's been none. Wow, 2020, I'm putting it now, is the front runner. Yes, even ahead of certain football clubs that have won this award before. 2020, Stadio Catfish of the Year, I'm calling it now. It's actually the 2020 football season.
0: I mean, what are we? We're in the middle of March. We might actually have to do the end of year awards now when they call football off until 2021. The <laughs> studios. <laughs> Is there not an argument to be made though that having had like a 25 point lead and not winning the title that Liverpool are the catfish has <laughs> Oh my God. Oh
1: my God. ha 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 ha.
0: Keeping it on Merseyside.
1: Wow. 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 That would be (coughs) astonishing.
0: I can already feel Liverpool fans coming for me. Can I back that up? I literally, like we said before, I think it would, I really hope that whatever happens, the season can conclude in a way that everyone is happy with. Yeah. So that Liverpool can win the league. Can I just make that perfectly clear? That is what I would like to happen, Liverpool fans please don't come for me because I didn't mean it. Okay.
1: Can I just read this segment actually? Cause I'm not sure if I will put this on the Stadia website, but um, I started writing it. Um, and it basically says this um, just about Liverpool. And it says, coronavirus, like all pandemics is cruel because it has robbed us of two things that feel essential, distraction and contact. We all know football is not more important than life and death. And we all know that Bill Shankley was kidding when he said that it was. What a mean irony it is then that Shankly's Liverpool should be the most prominent club to suffer the proof of that truth. Liverpool have been spectacular in the Premier League this year and in a better world, a world we had just a few weeks ago, they would be preparing for their title parade. They waited 30 years to celebrate this championship in the streets and I'm sure that countless former players and devoted fans from around the planet were ready to converge upon the city. This was going to be joyous and Liverpool deserved every second of what will have felt like the title's righteous homecoming. But Liverpool will not get that distraction. If they are awarded this season's Premier League trophy, as I believe they should be, since they built a lead so unassailable that even a virus could not deny it, then they will not get to welcome it with a euphoric mass gathering, not for several months at least. They will not get the distraction that all fans crave from the grim or simply mundane elements that make up most of daily life. This was unthinkable just a few months ago and it is a virtual certainty now. I just wanted to say that because I want that to be on the record to be like, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. And I'm a United fan, whatever, screw that. It goes beyond football. This is about the unfairness. You think what Liverpool's been through as a city. Yeah. And the fact that people were preparing to celebrate, people are so gracious, you've done it in the right way. They've done this the right way. They've rotated the right way. They've led from the front. They've had class throughout the squad. This is the most likeable Liverpool team I can remember in recent history for a club to go from in my in my opinion if I think about like the individuals in that team it's not hard for me to root for a lot of those people it's really not yeah yeah do you mean in that sense so yeah I just want to say on the record again like I know we've had a laugh and a joke about this but also I want to say fundamentally categorically I feel it's just unfair so yeah that's it really I do as well man
0: I really do and I think it's a shame that I know it sounds you know kind of like we're trying to have our cake and eat it a little bit here but. Well, technically, because actually, I be- had,
1: can I just say, I had a cupcake, I had two and a half the other day, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Big cupcake um, energy.
0: But, because we have said before, you know, at the beginning of the podcast that this has shown that football isn't bigger than, than anything else. Well, you know what I mean? It's it is just, it is just a game. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't want to end this on a downer, but I just think it's a, it's a real shame. It's a real shame for Liverpool fans from that point. From yeah, that point Absolutely. Of absolutely let's finish on this one from cheeky ball boys yeah good music recommendations for a 16 day road trip with two pugs and a lot of plants stacked up into a subaru so i think context is that bob from cheeky ball boys and his partner and their dogs are moving picked a terrible time to move but that's the uh empty roads though yeah true all right so 16 day road trip i would recommend the steve reich back catalogue because a lot of it's really long mm. and it's also very calming but yeah bit of minimal modern classical.
1: I would recommend Mount Kimby's albums. I recommend those because they're really good for just accompanying so many things that you do out and about. They're never intrusive. They just add really well. Mm. I would also recommend uh the new Jay Huss album, Big Conspiracy. Because sonically it just is so rich. Um I was listening to it walking around town the other day and it just it just sits in your ears. Yeah. It's never it never goes too hype. It never goes you know it's like it's like getting someone like um Ludovic on Audi to do a film score where you know he can do anything with a piano but uses just like three notes mm. so that makes stripped back so it's a really beautiful accompaniment and it's a gentle album gentle on the ears not too forceful so yeah Jay Huss and Mount good shouts or you could go back and listen to all the studios just listen to how wrong we were if anyone has listened to all the studios it's probably Bob because he's our most most faithful law supporter we love you Bob shout out Speaking of music, we're going to be playing out this
0: week with Distant Dreams by Throbbing Gristle. Genesis P. Orridge passed away this week, who was a founding member of Throbbing Gristle. And also, it's one of my favourite Throbbing Gristle tunes, and I thought the title seemed quite apt. We're going to be back with another podcast this week, right? Yes, we are indeed. Should we do
1: three? Ah. Should we just do one every day? We'll come up with something. Yeah, because, I mean, people, don't get me wrong, it's really great to delve back into stuff, and there's a real value in that. I just kind of want to talk about... Ideas within football.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll do a non football one as well one day. Oh my goodness.
1: A Joker in the pack.
0: Uh, don't forget to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back on Wednesday or Thursday.
1: Yep. Sounds great. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Stay at home if you can. Bars, he rhymed it. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, we're gone. We're gone. We're gone. <laughs> See ya.